This podcast replay is brought to you by Craig Zins, Acura Pembroke Pines. Visit the number one volume Acura dealership in the Southeast United States 12 years in a row at 15601 Pines Boulevard in Pembroke Pines. All righty, there he is. How you feeling, Ira? How you feeling about this mess that is called the Miami Heat right now? Uh, you know what? I'm probably feeling how they're feeling. Plenty stressed about it. Uh, when reality hits home, and you realize who you are and the task ahead of you, I think this is as sobering as any time I can remember for the Heat, probably in the last at least three seasons, even even two years ago when they lost in the first round to Milwaukee. They still felt there was something left. Now to have to probably try to make the playoffs through the play-in round, this is like nothing this team has experienced in at least four years. It's almost like you're back in the Tyler Hero draft year getting through that 2018-19 season. No, it's uh, it's uh, kind of disturbing uh, what's going on, and I know that you know many times I watch the comments of uh, the coach or the players, and specifically with Jimmy Butler, he kind of kept putting you off. Uh, no, we'll be fine. We'll turn it up. We'll turn it up. Um, and, and you're talking about you know finding out the reality of who you are. Does Jimmy Butler still think right now that they can turn it up? Because it just doesn't seem like a team that can find a way to turn it up. No, and it's interesting because at all the turns, Big O, first you say, we'll turn it up at the trading deadline. They got nothing. Then you go, we'll turn it up at the buyout deadline. And there was real optimism with Kevin Love and Cody Zeller until you realize this team needed more than ninth and 10th men. They need something further up the rotation. What hits home is this. This Heat team, honestly, for the last three years, from the bubble, making it to the finals, to last year within one shot, one game, one win of the Eastern Conference finals, is they had overachieved. And we're realizing that now after the fact. You know, look, you want to be a fan. You want to be a follower. You want to go, you have a championship aspiration. Eric team. Spolstra, bro. Uh, he, no, Eric Spolstra makes Spolstra you. Spolstra has to overachieve also. And he makes you look better than what you are. Bubble, well, m- m- bubble, journeyman, last year. That's what he does, dude. That's the problem. They're really not that good. It's just you have a great freaking coach that can maximize these guys. You had a team that overachieved before, and Eric Spolstra is underachieving right now. And the problem or, is or maybe this is what they really are. He just got the max out of them last year. Just like the just like the journeymen, he got 31 and 10 out of them, and then they re-sign all of them thinking, oh, you're going to get it again. No, you're not, dude. The, 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 the coach worked his magic. It's over. That's it. No. Or Max Truce got the max out of himself. Gabe Vincent got the max out of himself. Oh, I got that. Tyler I got Hero. I got your explanation on that one. Tyler Hero got the max out of himself as sixth man. That's the thing. This team had to underachieve to be what they are. So if you're going to talk about anyone putting behind the eight ball, it's the way the team was put together. Yes. Hoping for the absolute best case scenario. And when you don't get it, it gets harder for Bam. It gets harder for Jimmy. It gets harder for Tyler. Because I can give you an example. Tonight, Philadelphia 76ers, and I think you'll go down the line agreeing with me. Orlando Alzagari hosted the Big O Show five days a week and Acura Pembroke Pines reports on Monday and Friday. Who's better, Joel Embiid or Bam Adebayo? Uh, Joel Embiid. Okay. Who's a better regular season player? Please use that caveat. Who's a better regular season player, James Harden or Jimmy Butler? Now? Regular season player. Now, now, like yes. the last two years, Jimmy Butler. I think regular season player, James Harden. He can get you 35 points every single night. And yeah, but he, he plays no defense. He does, uh, but he's, um, he's, 
in the regular season. I'm talking about the regular uh, season. Uh, maybe maybe four years ago, five years ago, not the Harden I've watched the last couple of years. I, I'll take I just Butler. think when you do that, and then when Butler. you look at Ty and you look at Tyrese Maxey and Tyler Hero. Oh, Ty don't Tyrese Maxey or Tyler Hero? Oh, well, yeah, yeah. No, I want Tyrese Maxey because he's going to help me in, in in the three and D department, whereas. Tyler's, Not so much, but in the three department, yeah, I'd agree Tyler, with that. Tyler can what only help me in the three department. Every team's big three that they're playing, Charlotte's an exception, but even going back to what they faced in Brooklyn, certainly what they faced in Milwaukee, even without Giannis, with Drew Holiday, with Chris Middleton, with, with Brooke Lopez, so that's the thing. You're asking your big three to be as good as these other big threes, and they're not. And they're not. So the overachieving came, Duncan Robinson in 2020 when they went to the finals. Max Strews last year. Gabe Vincent last year. Dwayne Dedman had a good year, you know, last season also. A lot of guys had good seasons. The, the, the Wizard can only get so much out of Dwayne Dedman. Victor and then Oladipo eventually the Deadman survive. The Deadman uh, appears. Look, let me explain something to you. Did you watch New Jack City? Can't say that I did. All okay. right, well, if you watch New Jack City, the problem with G-Money was he started to get high on his own supply. And that did not fly well, unfortunately, with the rest of the Cash Money brothers. And so eventually G-Money was, you know, kind of uh, uh, excommunicado, as we say in uh, John Wick. So right. here's the problem. Is the Miami Heat G-Money now? Follow me on this. They used to pick up a Isaac Austin and an Eric Murdoch, and they used to pick up a Keon Dooling, and they used to pick up all these different players off the street, right, and develop them, but they didn't keep them. They let everybody else pay them. Orlando, something happened. Something happened along the way where you pick up Whiteside and James Johnson and Tyler Johnson and Duncan Robinson, and are you going to do it with Max Struess and all this? And you're starting to get high on your own supply, and that's the problem. There, you keep now you're you're falling in love with the guys you never fell in love with. Instead, what you were better off when you used to sign the James Poseys of the world and traded for Shaq and 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 and, Lebr and LeBron and Mason well, that's and that's and a different level. At, well, well, I, that, I well that's making, what that's what I'm saying. And I look think at the we're making a similar point in a different way. Your point is this. This is not about the ancillary pieces. And that's where the Heat have gotten caught up with the ancillary pieces. Exactly. This is about finding another star. So the Heat said, you know what? We have Jimmy Butler. Look what he did for us in 2020. We have Bam Adebayo. He's going to grow into something special. We're extending him. We have Tyler Hero. We think he's going to grow something special. We're extending him. Who's that fourth guy we can get? Who's that fourth star we can bring in? And they brought in Kyle Lowry. That's the problem. Big O, this is a star based league I know. all sports are star based sports in the nba like i went through unless you have a great big three and i mean lebron and bosh and wade level big three you're going to need another leading character that's the problem with the heat matter of fact i'm going to throw this back at you by, big by the way no think, think about this the only guy off the street that they should have signed and they did and kept him forever was udonis haslam Outside of that, all these other guys that you found off the street never, ever approached Udonis Haslam's level of play, leadership, effectiveness on a consistent basis. They have actually failed by re-signing all of those guys that they have just, unearthed okay, off just, the street. You correctly finished your sentence after a poor start for this reason. 
They also with oh, a lot yeah, of those just because you didn't watch New Jack City, that doesn't mean that I, I made a bad analogy that, there. Okay. With, with a lot of those guys, they decided when to cut bait. For example, Isaac Austin. Remember, he was up for new contract, and they realized, nope, we'll go for Brent Barry. Three-year, nine million dollar deal, Orlando. I remember it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, uh, Jason Capono, great three-point shooter. Toronto came with the offer. They said, you know what? No. Keon Dooling got the offer from the Celtics. They said no. That's the difference then, which means this summer it's going to be interesting when it comes to Max Struess, when it comes to Gabe Vincent, when it comes right now to going in that order. So I think that's what it's going to come down also is what are they going to go doing forward? But this whole thing, this whole thing. But you think about it. All those guys were exploding cigars for other teams. Now you now you're re-signing the exploding cigars for yourself. Or signing the exploding cigar. And I give you one example, Big O. If you take Kyle Lowry's thirty million dollar salary and you take Duncan Robinson's sixteen, eighteen million dollar salary, wow. you have a forty-eight million dollar chunk, yeah. which can buy you any player in the NBA at that salary price point. Amen. So you're trying to argue with me that they did ten thousand things wrong. What I'm saying is they made two significant mistakes. Oh no, I, I, I get. I'm, I'm with you there on that. I, I was the first guy saying the Lowry deal is a terrible deal. Please, right. I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent. But I'm also adding that they're getting too high on their supply, and they got to stop doing, and they got to go back to what they were doing before. Yeah, you develop these guys, but they're not that good. Don't give them the contracts. Don't tie yourself down. Well, Maybe they should have. After the white side. Johnson Johnson mess. You, I thought you would have learned something, and no, there goes the Duncan deal. Okay, and Big O, after the 2020 season and the bubble and Jimmy Butler leaning over that stanchion, literally giving you every last breath. Oh, he was awesome. I think if you ask then, what would you give Jimmy Butler? I, be, I do think, Big O, I might be wrong here. At that point, you might have said, give him anything he wants. Oh, no, I, I was against he the extension. He wanted Kyle Lowry. I've been, I've been against the, the extension. I've been, I was against Jimmy's extension, and I was against Kyle Lowry. And that's the thing is, Jimmy at that moment stood as someone you would give him anything you want because he gave you every last ounce. Hey, you live and you learn right now. All of these factors contributed, but more than anything, the one factor that contributed the most is the big money investment not jimmy he's been fine he'll be fine oh no he's he's, he's fine for well that i don't think that contract ends fine okay we'll wait till that yeah. but it's been it's been the kyle lowry thing and it's been undeniable oh, yeah. and it looks like for three seasons of 85 million dollars worth of money you're going to get one half of one season of payoff and a one-sixth return on an investment doesn't play at any brokerage no no i'm, I'm with you there uh, tonight, they are uh, six-point underdogs. Uh, no Kyle Lowry. Apparently, no Lousy tonight. Uh, any any other news coming out of that matchup? Um, no, it looks like uh, Tyler Hero had a knee issue. He'll be good to go. Kevin Love will be good to go. They're not as good as Philly. Here's the problem. Let's look at the schedule. Not only Philadelphia tonight in Philadelphia, the Sixers Wednesday at Miami-Dade Arena. Then they have the Knicks on Friday, Atlanta on Saturday, Atlanta on Monday, Cleveland on Wednesday, Cleveland on Friday. This is a bitch of a schedule. This is not, okay, we're going to come home, play seven of eight of home, and we'll be okay. No. And this goes back to Big O. I'm so glad I didn't do the show. No offense to our good friends at Accurate Pembroke Pines on Sunday, because after that Charlotte loss, like I would have had no, there would have been no counterpoint there. It's the crapola losses, the Hornets losses, yeah. the Pistons losses. Lost twice to the Hornets already this year. And that's the problem. Look, we, you and I spoke after the loss at home to Denver. Jokic is great. They didn't have that team's number. 
okay, they fought hard, they lost, you move on. Brooklyn last game before the All-Star break, every, Jimmy's halfway to Argentina. It's a road game. Brooklyn has that new player energy and buzz. Okay, Mikel Bridges goes off like he never will before. But there are so many crappy performances that I just wonder if Eric Spolstra can squeeze anything more. I know you've been singing his praises all season. I love him. I love him. I know that he's been extracting orange juice from an orange rind, and I get all of that. He's awesome. But you're at a point now, Big O. Big O, this is a talent league. This is a talent world. The Heat are not talented. No, the Heat they're now, not. The Heat are seventh in the East right now. I'm not so sure I can tell you that the Heat have the seventh best roster in the East. I agree. I'm not so sure I can't tell you that Toronto is better, that Atlanta is better, that Washington. They, they, you know, you can keep squeezing again. They have overachieved, and eventually there's a statute of limitations on overachieving. Yeah, I, I get it, and I, uh, that's why out of everybody there, I, I'm, I'm, I'm behind Eric Spolster 100%. I, I, I think he's done a phenomenal job considering what he's been given every single year, you know, and he's not given anything exceptional, and that's the, that's the problem. You give him something excellent, he'll turn it into a championship. Sure. By the way, you talked about Atlanta. I'm a really big Quinn Snyder fan, dude. I believe in that guy. I think he's a really good coach. I get it. There's only 30 of those jobs. But my Lord, he's got to try to fix the Trey Young situation. It's like he doesn't look like a bad kid or anything. It's just I look at Trey Young, and after watching him now after several years, he cannot be your best player. And if he's your lead guy, I don't think you'll have a shot ever at being a championship uh, type of team. I almost think, like, I'm serious now when I say this. I think he's more of a second or even a third guy overall, to be quite honest with you. I I don't know how this thing's going to work. I get it. There's only 30 of them, but I kind of feel bad that Quinn has to settle for this job. Well, Trey Young is a leader bust kind of guy because that's how he plays. He's never yeah. going to accept. He's never going to be. He takes high volume shots. It reminds me of Allen Iverson with the Sixers. Either you surround him with four complimentary players like they did with Matumbo and Eric Snow and George Lynch and Tyron Hill and saying, he's going to shoot a lot. You rebound and give him the ball back, which I don't know if it works in today's NBA. No. But even worse than that, Atlanta is a situation where the owner gave power to the owner's son. The owner's son then moved out the GM, brought in Landry Fields from Toronto, and so now you literally have the kid running the candy store. Bigo, I think over the years you've worked for some radio people who gave the company to their son and told their son to sort of manage thing. And when you get into that kind of family relationship, it's not being run professionally. The Hawks are not being run professionally. But you know about a Quinn Snyder? Everyone has a price, and they hit his price. Yeah. And he said, okay, for that kind of money, I'll put up with his owner's son, I'll put up with Trey Young, and I'll do the best I can. We see this all the time, whether it's Phil Jackson going back to the Knicks. We see it. You do it for a while. You get the money. Hey, if it doesn't work out, you still have your reputation. But that's a tough spot. And yet, with the new coach bump, I could see the Heat having to open the play in, in Atlanta, unfortunately. Wow. I'm, a, I'm a Snyder fan. I like him. What do you got going on in the Sentinel leading you know, up to the game tonight? It's interesting. My ask Ira today was about Victor Oladipo, and I'm surprised you don't have some awkward nickname for him right now because he has been not very good the last two weeks, yeah. not who the Heat thought. Here's what's interesting. They gave him a two-year contract with a $9.5 million player option for next season. Getting high on your own up. supply, Ira. They're yes, getting high yes. on their own supply. And you thought he'd have a good season. He'd opt out. You wouldn't have to worry about it. You might have next season. Not only Kyle Lowry's $30 million on the books, not only Duncan Robbins is 18 but nine and a half for Victor Oladipo. Again, like you said, you're overvaluing what you had. You could have done a one-year deal with Vic, but you wanted to stay your favorite subject under the tax. 
save money on the cap, and you're paying out to the future. Big O, it's like when you refinance your house. You got a bad investment, and you keep refinancing it. Right. That's where the heat wound up with the Oladipo thing. It just shows you. This season is not about one or two or three things souring. Really, it's about four or five or six things, from Gabe Vincent to Max Drews to Duncan Robinson to Victor Oladipo to Dwayne Dedman, who's gone to Kyle Lowry. That's the thing. You can't overachieve when four or five, six parts aren't overachieving. That's where they are right now. So the real question is, will we lift up the G-Money jersey right up next to the Dan Marino and uh, and Jordan jersey? Is that what we're going to do? Well, if you say they they learned their lessons from the movies, then apparently so. Again, there's still 21 games to make the best of their quote-unquote supply. We'll see if that's possible. Aren't you inspired now to go see New Jack City? As soon as I get done with this, I'm going to go to YouTube and see what I can get for free. But I'm more inspired to come back with Kurt Heel on Wednesday, 9 a.m., redrecover.com, Inside the Paint. It'll be in the middle of the series against the Sixers. So we'll have a, an idea. Are the Heat good enough? How do they measure up? Or are they who we think they might be? So I think Wednesday is going to be really interesting because I think Kurt, with his outside view from NBC Sports, maybe can give us another perspective on where the Heat stand. Amen. Follow him on Twitter at Ira Heatbeat. Ira, as always, excellent stuff. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Enjoy the game tonight. Catch you Wednesday. RedRecover.com inside the paint. Friday, another accurate Pembroke Pines report. Thanks, Big O. You got it, my brother. And by the way, they got a large – Sean and I were there on Friday – the selection is sick right now at Acura Pembroke Pines. They are overflowing with cars, all kinds of new cars. They've got a large selection of certified pre-owned vehicles. Get on down to 15601 Pines Boulevard, just off of I-75 in Pines. I saw an NSX there. It's a red one, and it is awesome. So for those of you that, uh, I don't know, you're comfortable and you can get I wish I could afford an NSX Man, that car is absolutely awesome. So get on down there. Go see Larry Schlossberg, Pat Nasto, Tony Stampo, and the great people at Craig Zins. Acura of Pembroke Pines. You've been listening to the Acura of Pembroke Pines, Miami Heat, and NBA Report with Ira Winderman. When you're looking for award-winning service and great deals from the number one volume Acura sales dealership in the Southeast United States, you go to Craig's Inn Acura of Pembroke Pines at 15601 Pines Boulevard in Pembroke Pines. Man of a thousand five holds says, Max Struess looks like he's lost the juice. Why is Duncan still playing? He's done. Bam has been better on offense this season. Lousy is no show. The team looks done. It's what I'm saying. They have gotten high on their own supply. And they never used to do that. They never re-signed those guys that would play well for us. We'd watch them play well for the Miami Heat, and then they would let, let other people make the mistake and give them a contract. Why did the Miami Heat all of a sudden stop doing what they used to, used to do all the time? Like, what, you developed like a star? No. They've only developed one guy that was worthy of keeping, and they've kept him more than they had to keep him, Udonis Haslam. That's it. No one else. And that's part of the – besides Kyle Lowry, obviously we know that, but, you know, you get the best out of Whiteside, then you move on, bro. You don't give him a four-year contract. Deion Waiters plays incredible for 29 – you don't give him a contract when he needs foot surgery. How, I, that 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 one that's the one move out of Riley in the last like eight or nine years that I got to sit there and go Riles like what the f are you doing dude how are you giving a guy that needs ankle surgery who's going to give him a four year contract 
Like, I don't see anybody. And if they did, God bless them, go. Like they did with Isaac Austin or Keon Dooling or whoever. Go take them. Go sign them. They're yours. That's, that's a real problem with the Heat. They got to stop doing this shit. Okay? They got to stop as, like I said, they're, they're G-moneying this thing. And you, you just can't do it. And they're giving away a lot of money while they're being G-money. Maybe that's why they're G- Hey, by the way, that was a perfect nickname for the whole thing. Even though I was just thinking about him getting high on the supply from the Cash Money Brothers. But it is G-money. So they are dishing out way too much. G- by the way, and, and, and Mickey, you know, he wants to, you know, watch the pennies. You're, you know, you're kind of uh, being irresponsible there. For anyone that thinks Jimmy Butler did not deserve a contract extension after the bubble was a complete moron, Jimmy's not the problem. Well, see, the thing is, you can say that if you want, but Jimmy does not deserve a contract extension. You play his four years, and then you let him go. The next three years are going to be brutal. He's already missed, what, almost 15, 18 games now? All right? So he's going to miss more and more games as time goes on. I know what he did. See... You're the same dude that falls in love with X getting 10 interceptions. And then that's, that's, it ends there. You're not getting that again. And you got what you got in the bubble. That was two years ago. The dumbest thing to do is to fall in love with that and give him a, a, an extension where you owe him now another $150, $60 million, I believe, for the next three years. This is going to end Badly. Badly. So, no, it was a great signing, and, as I, and I'll stand by everything I said when they signed him. I said, you need to find a star in the first couple of years of this deal or it becomes a terrible contract. And guess what it's going to become? It's going to become a terrible contract because the four years that he was here, you did not find a superstar to put next to him. Jimmy Butler needs a superstar that's better than him. And that's the part that, um, Marcel, you don't understand. And, like, and you're the same thing. You're the same X fan. You know, oh, no, everything's great. A year from now, you're going to be complaining about Jimmy Butler's contract. Two years from now, you're going to be screaming hell about that contract because he's going to be missing half the season. He's, he's not going to be able to participate and play the way he normally can because he's getting older and worn down, and you're paying him 50, 60 million a year. And this bullshit about, well, no, we're paying him for what he did in the past. No, bro, that don't fall. That, that doesn't help you now. So I disagree with you. Jimmy's fantastic. It was a great signing for the four years you've had him. Is this the fourth year, by the way? I think, right? I want to say this is the fourth year. The contract should have ended this year. Think about that. You would free up a lot of money. If you did it the right way. But unfortunately, you're going to stay with it too long. And that's been another problem with the Miami Heat. They stay with these contracts too long. And they extend them way too long when they're too old to be extended. Anyway. But that's all right. Lots of people are like that. They're, they're prisoners of the moment, and they don't think 
big picture, long term, down the line. Uh huh. This is his fourth year, right? And it was a four-year contract, the initial contract, right? Look it up on Spotrack. I, I, I think it was uh, a four-year. Is that where you're looking at it right now? No, it's on the hoops hype, but um, it says he's the eighth best-paid guard this year. He's projected to be the fourth best-paid guard next year. <laughs> Highest-paid player on the Heat this year, of course. Um, he's making. Uh, he's the 16th best-paid NBA player. He's projected to be the 11th best-paid NBA player next year. Right, and is he the 11th best player in the NBA? Come on, man. Come on. You know that's the problem with some of you out there. You, you're too much of a fan. This year he's making 37.6. Next year jumps to 45.1. Then the following year, it's 48-7. And then in 25-26, it's 52-4. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's, You'll it's be able just, to retire. It, it's just Good a coffee really... coffee there in 25-26. Uh, by the way, his contract, um, yeah, he signed it in 1920. It was a four-year contract. It was a four-year, $140 million contract with an average of $35 million per season to end at 33 years old. Only the Heat would give him a contract for 34, 35, and 36 years old. And 37. Well, no, he's a free agent, 37. So, yeah, exactly. And it's what he said, 45, 48, and 52. It's freaking insane, dude. It's, uh, no, it's $145 million. 145, $146.5 million. Okay? $146.5 million you're going to give him over the next three years. Marcel, if you think that's smart, my brother, that's incredibly stupid. Okay? It's not, it, it's not a, eh, it's not arguable. It's not, no, no, it's incredibly stupid is what it is. You pay that for a person that is a flat-out, like, top player in the league, okay? He's a number two on every team and any team that's ever existed, that, or maybe a three, okay? Maybe a three, because if I'm looking at LeBron and Wade, I'm taking LeBron and Wade over Jimmy Butler. You know what I mean? So it all depends. You know, I'm, I'm taking Bird and McHale over you know, if I start looking at all the great teams, right? I, I I'll take I'll take Magic, Worthy, and Kareem over him. I'll take Scotty and Michael over him. You understand what I'm saying, Marcel? That's the problem that you get too caught up in being a fan, and your heart is in it, and not your mind. And that's the problem. Jimmy Butler is can't be your best player, bro. You failed as an organization if that's your best player. As much as we love watching him play and, le and his heart and soul and he leaves everything on the court and all that, he's still a blue-collar star. He's not a superstar. He's not a guy that has, like, incredible gifts. What he has is a pair of nuts that don't fit in most buildings. What he has is toughness that most people don't possess, and a will to fight through it so he's blue-collar, and he has to work so much harder to do some of the things that others can do 
that do it very easily. But if you don't see that, I can't help you, man. I can't help you. You know? I'm sorry, but this this is a this was a dumb extension on their part. The Heat have not played hardball anymore. They are soft as an organization. They're soft. They got soft during the LeBron era, listening to him. Now they're soft listening to Butler. They're soft on those journeymen that they signed in Whiteside and all that. They're soft now that they fall in love with their own players that aren't very good. This organization has gotten soft. Up front. Not the players. Up front. They're not cold enough. They're not cutthroat enough like they used to be. Like Riley used to be. I'm just being honest. Okay? Probably the only person in town that has the balls to say what I just said about what's going on with the Heat. And by the way, I'm the only one that's noticed it. I'm sure no, because I've seen it. I, I see what everybody else writes, and, you know, once in a while I hear what people talk about. They're not talking about this. None of them are talking about this because they're all afraid to talk about something like this because you got to call out the heat for it. And, you know, it's blasphemous to call out Pat Riley, and I know. I love Pat Riley. He's awesome. I don't want him to quit, but i got to say, Pat, brother, you got to turn it up. you got to turn it up. You, you gotta you gotta get back to the old ways. Cutthroat, man. It, this is this is not good. This is not the way you want to leave. Now, now you're in a hole for years. Now that 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 Jimmy Butler's salary is gonna become an anchor over the next couple of years and it's gonna hurt you. And then the Lowry deal has hurt you already, and the Duncan deal has hurt you already. You gotta stop doing the you gotta stop making bad contracts. I'm sorry. Don't want anybody fired. I don't want anybody to leave. I don't want the Arisons to sell or anything. I want them to refocus on the way they have to do things and be a hell of a lot more cutthroat and, and, and do a better job of who you re-sign and why you re-sign them. You don't sign over the hill completely done point guards to $85 million contracts. And you don't give a 33-year-old an extra three-year contract and $160 million. That's insanity. Yes, sir. Well, I'm going off subject, so do you want to see? Oh, what? yeah, go ahead. Okay, because Marcel responded on the bottom. I know what do you get? What do you got? He responded at the end. For, uh, let's see. Jimmy Butler has been their best player. I, I get it. You, you didn't listen to me. <laughs> you didn't listen to goddamn thing I just said. If Jimmy Butler is your best player, you're a failure. What, what part of that you didn't understand? What part of that you didn't understand when I said I'm taking LeBron and Wade over him? That's how you won a title. I'm taking fat-ass Shaq and Wade over him. Again, go look at all the championship runs. You're taking their one and twos over Jimmy Butler. In a real championship team, Butler's your third player, not your one or two, Marcel. Bro, oh, this is not basketball 101. Have a great day, brother. All right, what you got next? No, the commanders seriously. have cut another player, Bobby seriously. McCain. Huh? Bobby McCain has been cut okay. by the commanders. Which, yeah. But what's interesting is those two moves, how much money do you think that 
created for the What's Washington the, uh, Commanders. Well, oh, the Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say, well, Carson Wentz, they probably were paying him 10 to $12 million, I'm going to say. And then Bobby McCain was probably getting $3 million. So I'll take a guess, 15 No, the two roster moves create $28.49 million in cap savings and over $30.5 million in cash for the team and increase the commander's cap space up to $35.4 million in the upcoming 2023 league year. Did Pat Riley give them those contracts, too? I don't know who gave them, but when I saw it, I was like, two players, $28 million. Wow. I didn't know Pat Riley got into football. Holy moly. Wow. That was, that was bad. Poopart landed in Indy. He said it's raining, so he might want to... Uh, oh, it's... Rain. It's, it, you know, Indy's like... Indy's one of the best towns. It doesn't matter if it's raining or snowing. You're not really going to go outside that much. They have tunnels in the second floors that connect a lot of the buildings. So you're able to walk around a lot indoors. It's actually really, really cool uh, the, how, how they've kind of set that up in a lot, of the, uh, a lot of the buildings in downtown. So you don't really have to you know, put up with the weather that much. So the only thing is, I, don't, I know my building is right in downtown. I think it's right across from the arena where the Pacers play, but I don't know if they have a walkway connecting but i hope they do if not i can cross the street i think i think that building next door i can just get in there and then walk and start connecting all over the place huh it's already started what's that what's already started miami dolphins could be appealing to carson wentz says dan orlovsky on espn it's like uh what what was it that i saw before somebody was uh, on twitter Oh, uh, talking about how um, oh, they, they, somebody put that Tyreek Hill told said something like, "Oh no, I, I, yeah, I could uh, play uh, with um, Jared Goff. Yeah, he's a good dude, or something like that." And so now you got Lions fans running like they're going to go trade for Tyreek Hill, and it's like it's like the off season, and people just throw stupid stuff out there and just to fill time and fill space, and like like the Dolphins are not trading Tyreek Hill. It's like stupid people are you know what i mean but then you got a bunch of lions fans that are in that you know down that dark hole talking crap bobby wagner he was released right by the rams or no yes yeah well he's gonna be released by the rams okay no because there's a tweet of sent out says that they've given him permission to speak with other teams rather than wait for the start of free agency the Rams. right right because they're gonna release him but i think they can't yet Okay, I so think it's a date that comes now that you, then you can release him. Go into tampering or no? No, no, because if you if you if you give him permission, it's oh, no because longer. the Rams have given him permission. It's right. no longer the tampering. Right, so okay. he can then start to negotiate with a team. So when free agency starts, he has a home already. So they're doing a classy thing for him. Okay, they're doing the right. They're doing they're doing right by him because they're rebuilding. They brought him in, so now you screwed him over, so give him an opportunity. You're not going to get anything from him. You're not trading him. You're going to release him anyway, so be decent and let his agent go f- You know, talk to the Dolphins and bring him here and sign him to, uh, to a contract, a two-year contract. Uh, Karen says, speaking of Shaq, I saw him in a commercial recently. He seems to be in better shape now than when he was with the Lakers and the Heat. He, yes, well, the first year with the Heat, he was in great shape. Remember that. 
they should have won the title that year. Shaq played out of his mind. The following year, he gained all that weight, and Zoe actually outplayed him in the finals. Zoe was the most important center in, against Dallas because if you look at the defensive plays that Zoe made in that series, they were monstrous all over the place. He got some key blocks and rebounds. He was awesome. But the first year, I got to give Shaq credit. You got to give people credit when they, when they deserve it. He came in great shape. And remember, either he had the thigh injury and, and Wade had the rib or Wade had the thigh and he had the rib. I, I don't know how it was, but one had a, way, a, a rib and a thigh injury, and that knocked him out of the playoffs. If those guys are healthy, I believe they trashed Detroit and they beat San Antonio in the finals. They were, that was a very motivated Shaq. He wasn't nearly as motivated the following year. That, you know, unfortunately, it is what it is. But you're right about that. The second year, he did get out of shape. But the first year, I got to give Shaq credit. He played with some fire. He really did. Just couldn't do it long enough, unfortunately. Um, here comes the Carson Wentz clickbait talk. Jesus Christ, it's going to be a long off season. This phone sucks. <laughs> it is what it is, as they say. By the way, did you have a good time at the uh, Drone Racing League? The family enjoyed it? Had a great time once you got in. It was yeah. great. The kids uh, had, had a good time? They did. Okay. They did. I, th- I, had a, I had a good time. Again, I, I didn't enjoyed know it. what to expect, but I, I really enjoyed it. I, Great I presentation, you know, overall. It yeah. was fun. Um, and by the way, would the, what would the Marlins give to have that many young people in a building? Because think about it. Most of the people who walk into baseball games, they're close to death like me. Yeah, yeah. well, that's, that's why. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, but and they probably have a couple kids running around. That place was loaded with kids, and it was full from the third like base to the day. first baseline. Yeah, it was like camp day at the Marlins when they march yes. the camp day, and you hear the little screeches every once in a while. That yes. was how it was consistent. Yes, 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 and it was full from the first base to the third base. Yes, which is probably more than a regular Marlins game. Mm-hmm. They did a great job, great presentation. It was fun. Tyreek was there, all that good stuff. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it more than I expected, actually. And by the way, those guys are badasses because that, that crap is hard, bro. I wouldn't be able to fly them. I wouldn't make it to the first obstacle. I'd yeah. Hit, I'd hit the first one. There's no way. Yeah. And the one that they go all the way up to the, I mean, to the I second fly, level to, yeah, to hook I around. I fly the drone now in open area, and I still crash. So I can only imagine trying to fly through things. Yeah, no. Can you imagine yeah, that? Yeah. And then afterwards, they showed... Uh, the highlights. I don't know if you were still there, yeah, yeah. When, but when they were going through the columns, you could see what they saw. Right. There's no way. There's no way. No way. No yeah. way. I would have clipped everything. Uh, of course. I wonder how many how many thousands of dollars they went through in drones. Like I would say quite a bit because every, every every race other race there was only like one or two finishing. Yeah. There were a few where there was like three or four, but yeah. At, at the, in the heats, they would always hit that uh, T-Mobile one. Yeah. Bam! Just everybody out. That was that was pretty cool. It was. Let me tell you something. If you've never been to Drone Racing League, and if you have kids, and take them, so yeah. cool. By the way, they were giving away free NFTs. I know he didn't get one because he's, you know, I, I haven't got him completely hooked yet on crypto yet. But eventually, you know, as the years go on, we'll 
We'll get I them. went we'll by there, but it was a long line. I was like, oh, I'm getting to my seats. Yeah, so you you they, you open up an Algorand wallet and everything, and they gave you a an NFT for the for the event. I don't know if it's going to go up in value. I doubt it, but you never know. So what the hell? And you have your own wallet now, Algorand. I, I didn't have an Algorand wallet, so if I really ever want to buy another NFT, I, I've got a place to store it. You know, so pretty cool. But it was uh, it was fun. I really enjoyed the uh, drone racing league. I did not watch the fight uh, yesterday. I, I don't. I'm not paying for that. Uh, but um, but Tommy Fury ended up winning. I'm just glad the judges got it right from everything I'm hearing because there's quite a few people that said they could have went the other way. Um, what's it called? Um, Drake lost four hundred thousand in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. and now he won a million in the. Um, in the Super Bowl in Kansas City. Yeah. He, but he had Paul winning by knockout. He picked the, the like, you know, you just had Paul winning and I'm winning by a knockout. Yeah, Paul says he, he got the Drake curse. curse yeah. <laughs> it's for real. Oh, man. But now, does this end now? That's it? So the, no. the, the fools that paid $100 for this, they're going to pay for the rematch? From what I'm, I'm understanding is it wasn't that close. Like, uh, yeah, I, no, Tommy won. Yeah, he I won. Heard he, he pretty much dominated the whole yeah. fight, you know. But yeah. again, you're stepping in there with a boxer now. You're not stepping in there with a UFC fighter. You're not stepping in there with a, another YouTube sensation. You're stepping in with somebody that has actually boxed, that understands right. once they get hit in the face, okay, slow the fight down, take back control, not go 150 miles back at you to try to get knocked out. You know, it's it was it was it was a different thing i didn't uh, i didn't watch uh the fight myself no, but, but i just I, saw I, I did see the highlights after because on youtube somebody put on the you know the condensed uh highlights really quick and all that and i'll tell you this i'll give uh i'll give jake credit he took some shots bro he, he's a tough kid he took some shots yeah i'm not saying he doesn't have what it takes to be a boxer but again you go in six and oh because of who you fought. oh yeah 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 you know i mean and again, yeah, you fought names, but they're not names in boxing. They're names right. in UFC. They're right. you know. So. And now you fought a boxer and you lost. Yeah. And you didn't really fight a high-end boxer either. No, not really. No. You didn't no. fight like a you know. You fought a Fury, which which has okay. a name, but you didn't fight the other Fury. No, the other one. No. Yeah, you're right about that. Uh, let's see, Big O. That Perdomo is as big as your mic. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And it's a delicious cigar. You should try the champagne one. It's really good. What I like about that champagne one, it's got this smooth, creamy flavor, right? But it burns like all the way. Like, like when the, the cigar is really short, you're still tasting that flavor. And it's got this creaminess to it. It's really good. It's a really good cigar. I love the champagne. It's a nice uh, midday cigar. Not one that I would smoke in the evening after a steak. I, I go full body then. But in the, in the middle of the day, afternoon, one of these champagnes. Ooh, doggy. Sweet. Yes, sir. On Saturday, did you see Johnny Cueto's uh, start there? No, I did not. Uh, was it bad? Well. I know that they, they didn't very win. Very bad defensive help, too. Uh, oh, okay. Jazz played uh, one wrong in center field. He took a step back thinking it was hit harder than what it was and so some stuff fell in, and then uh, Bobo at second base, but he gave up five runs on. Well, that'll be an adjustment five for the runs kid. And five runs and two hits. But it's also, uh, uh, they were playing the Cardinals, and their, their guy Walker, it was his first at bat rookie, 
Okay. Swinging first pitch fastball. Gone. I think it was a three-run shot, I believe. It was a three-run shot. Okay. But, yeah, so he gave five runs in the inning, but uh, some guy, some wasn't guy, helped. I mean, spring is, you know, spring brings hope for everybody. And yeah. all that. Some guys on Twitter like, oh, dude, I think the morning's got something. And I, I just t- tweeted him back. I go, check back with me in July when you figured out yeah. they still don't have enough offense. Yeah, it's just because it's still. It's you don't still, see the offense there. The only thing that I think offense. might help. A lot with, with with around the league is that um, oh the 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 the, the 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 damn it the yeah I, I, the the that adjustment that, yeah uh, yeah they're not making they're not letting you do the whatever that's called damn, well, I, I know what you're saying on, yeah but now I'm brain farting but you're seeing it now even play out in summer and then also ah, the again, shift the, the shift. shift there it is the shift is gone and then also the other thing is the timing. It is. It is amazing. Oh yeah, getting it fast. Yes, the the the, the you, clock. You yeah. saw what happened to the batter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. stepped out. It was three two count, bottom of the ninth, bases loaded. He stepped out, and you're out. He out. Yep. You got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's crazy. no more. There's no more Terry Pendleton. That's all. No more no ma. Yeah, and it's not just no a, ma, it's gosh, not just yeah. a pitcher either. It's Para. on the batter as well. That's what I like too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, speed it up. Yep, yep. Speed it up, man. That Marlins game was over by, I want to say, 315. It was like a two-hour, not even almost a two-hour. By the time they started, I think it was maybe two hours from. But, you know, the, the, the sorry part about the shift is it, it's, you know, I heard this guy on radio. I got in the car, I think it was yesterday in the morning or the day before, and I'm listening to a guy talk about, well, yeah, no, I'm glad that they're not, uh, you know, they're, they're you know, taking the shift away and all that. What we have to do is try to make it easier for guys to play the game. And I'm sitting there going, this is our problem in our society. This is the, our entire problem in our society. We're trying to make everything easier. It's not supposed to be easy. Can you imagine doing the shift on Tony Gwynn? On Ted Williams, on Terry Pendleton, on Noma Gassiapara, on Wade Boggs, on Pete Rose, Barry Bonds. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you shifted on those guys. You shift on Lou Pinella, and he's laughing because you're picking an alley for them to, to hit it at. You're not putting them at a disadvantage. You have now given them the advantage. These guys can't bunt. These guys don't steal. I mean, it's it's we we have dumbed down the game. It's either a strike or a home run. You know, it's 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 really it. We don't teach them to hit to opposite fields. This is why the shift works. You know what I'm saying? I'm not telling you everybody could do it, okay? I'm not telling you Greg Luzinski is going to be hitting the, sh- you know, opposite fields or I don't know. I can. I'm trying to come up with these. Uh, you know what? I think Cecil Fielder might even be able to hit opposite field. Um, well, I remember when growing up, you were taught to hit the all fields. Yes, that was one of the things you were taught. That was now, part yeah. of your. That was part yeah. of little Bunting, league. Everything. Every you were taught every aspect of the game and taught how to do it well. Yes, and the situations of the game and everything else like that. And at some point, it became, well, it's either pitching or hitting bombs gets you paid. That's it. 
and and you know it's when I heard a guy go, well, we got to make it easier for them to play the game. I'm like, well, you know, they made the bases bigger this year, right? Yes, I know. And it cut down the length of the thing, so now they said stealing should be up this year because it's a shorter base pass, and with the pitcher only having so much time on the clock. You can get larger leads. Right, yeah. And he can't screw around. There's throwing. not a whole lot of yeah, yeah, you can't I mean, I don't know how the uh, you, you know, probably have a certain amount. Does it start back over? Like if you throw over know. the first base, does it go to the fourteen second? I don't know. Shot. Oh, like you mean like uh, like uh, like in basketball when yeah, it goes yeah. out of bounds? Oh he threw it over right. It doesn't eight reset. Seconds. Yeah. Yeah. But it's gonna be uh, interesting. It, it's to amazing see, to me how okay, let's make it easier for them. That's the way All right. Uh let's get to uh Cam Cameron Wolf, baby. Is, oh, it, is he, he there? Probably. He wasn't right. there yet. Let's go. Let's unleash the wolf pack because he is way late. Let's go. We unleash the wolf pack as we get the latest in the NFL and the Miami Dolphins with our KSDT CPA Pro Football Report with NFL Network Insider Cameron Wolf. KSDT is one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. KSDT CPA is a full-service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit them at KSDTCPA.com or call 305-670-3370. Here's NFL Insider Cameron Wolf. What's up, Cam? What's up, oh man? How you doing, man? You you're at the in the airport already? Yeah, I just landed. Our flight got delayed for a while, so I heard it's I heard it's raining there right now. Is it raining? Yeah, it's raining. It's it's like fifty degrees. It's not Miami weather at all. Okay. I'm not gonna lie to you. I uh, miss Miami already. Yeah, but let's not lie to people. At Indy, we rarely are outside. We have the bridges connecting the buildings, so we don't really deal with the elements nearly as much. So let's let's be honest to folks out there. It's not like we're really all going to be trudging along in the snow all over the place. So that's the good thing about Indy's downtown. They kind of uh, they kind of make it a little bit more comfortable uh, to be able to move around. Uh, Cam, uh, I before I get into the football talk. Uh, we were just talking about baseball and how, you know, they've eliminated the shift. And so I was, I was in the car, and I think it was, it was either Saturday or Sunday. I went to go get something, so I turned on some sports radio and some national guys there. And he's, well, we need to make the game easier for guys to play. And I'm sitting there going, this is ridiculous. Like, they don't teach them how to bunt. They don't teach them how to hit opposite fields. You know, players back when I grew, when I'm growing up, if you shifted on Barry Bonds or Cal Ripken or Nomar Garcia Parra or whoever, they would laugh at you going, oh, so you want me to hit it there? Okay, great. You know, I'll, I'll hit it there. You know, it's, it, it's so funny how the game has changed so much and that even the attitude of it, like it's too hard, that was the idea of baseball. It's the hardest thing to do to hit that little ball with a three-inch bat. I mean, that's kind of the idea. Wait a minute. I, you're, 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 there we go. There we go. Okay, go ahead. Can you hear me? Now we can. Go ahead. Yeah, baseball should be, baseball should be a skill sport. Uh, it frustrated me all the times because you see these shifts where the whole left side of the infield is gone. And it's like, just hit it to the left side. And baseball players these days just do not have an ability to hit it to that side. And it's crazy to me. 
Because, like, bunting is not a part of the game. I think it was the Braves that I heard us that they only bunted two times the whole year. 162 games in the playoffs. Two times the whole year. Like, that used to be a, a, a skill you practiced every day. And so baseball's changed just a lot more about exit velocity to get home runs and that sort of thing. And you miss the fundamentals to the fact that they got to force players to play in their original position so that the players don't get disadvantaged. I, I, so, I, I yeah. can't imagine Will Clark or Wade Boggs coming to the plate and you shift on them. And Yeah. Oh, that's they'll, easy they'll, money. They'll start like single, laughing single. their asses off. Like, really? Is this what you guys are doing? Okay, great. Boom. They might. They might. Oh, they might tell you, "I'm going to hit a double yes. right along the right, the third base line. Right. Like, throw whatever pitch you want. I'm going to hit a double right on the third base line. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. All right. Let's get into Byron Jones. I got to tell you something, dude. I don't have a lot of sympathy here for this. Um, first of all, Byron Jones acts like he didn't know that football was dangerous and pills and everything else. It's 2023, my brother. Do you do you happen to know what football is all about? Do you think a coal miner doesn't know by now that their lungs are going to be, you know, kind of bad 20 years in? Do, do you think maybe a policeman knows every day they're putting their lives on the line? Um, and then you're telling me you can't run and jump, but you're not retiring. So... It sounds like a yes. dude that is trying to make mistake uh, excuses for what's gone on this year. So I've told you guys a little bit about the Byron Jones thing throughout the year, that it, it became more complicated than what his initial injury was. That being said, this is the first time we're hearing from Byron Jones. And I think a lot of this is what you deal with with a player who's been frustrated uh, at the time, you know, whether it's through the team or through his own injuries. You know, this is a guy that was at the peak of his career, and all of a sudden, he's got injuries that have led him to a position where he may not be able to be the same player ever again. Whether it's retirement or whether he's just kind of hanging on, I think he's looking at the realization that, hey, based on what's happened to me, I'm not going to be the same player. And so, you know, I don't know if I feel sorry for him, but I do think it's like a realization that injuries, injuries at any moment can take your career away. And, you know, he hasn't said anything that made me feel like, hey, he's blaming the Dolphins for it. No. I think it's more of just a, a reminder of him realizing that after a career that went really great for him, you know, he was a second-round pick, he made a lot of money, he got a big contract, the highest-paid corner in the league. He, he had a really smooth, great career. And then six or seven years in, he got the bam of the NFL. Like, it can go just like that. And so I think because of that, um, he's getting it in I think he's trying to cope with it right now. And so more than anything, that's what sits in for me. Um, a lot of times we, we know when those career-threatening injuries, threatening injuries come. You know, sometimes it happens on like a torn ACL, torn Achilles. Some of it, sometimes it happens on a routine cleanup surgery. Like Byron Jones had a routine cleanup surgery that was supposed to happen back in two or three months, and it didn't. It just didn't work out. And so now his tenure in Miami is coming to an end. I was told even before Byron came out here with this that they were going to part ways with him. And so now he's looking at the rest of his career, and it's like there's a lot of uncertainty when every step of his, his career that he's been in the NFL throughout has not had any uncertainty. And so that part is scary, I'm sure. And then I'm sure he's not having the rehab he wants is scary too. So. I feel for him realizing what a lot of players have realized throughout their NFL career, 
But I don't think this is an indictment about the Dolphins more than it no. is the reality is the NFL. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I just uh, I, I don't think he's enlightening anybody about pills and the things that the players go through. I think most players by now, all the information's out there. Their agents will remind them. They know the damage that they're doing to their bodies every single day that they're part of this game. So it's just, it, it, to me, it's just kind of funny. All right. Um, Miami needs a middle linebacker in a bad way. And, and I got to tell you something. This is the year to need a middle linebacker because I went out to look at it. And you got the white kid in, in Philadelphia, uh, Jermaine Pratt from the Bengals, Tremaine Edmonds from uh, the Bills, obviously, Bobby Wagner, Levante David, David Long Jr. also, although he's had some injuries. Um, there's a lot of linebackers. Who's the guy that is the perfect fit that you think the Dolphins should go after? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I, don't, I haven't done it enough research, to be honest with you to figure out who's the perfect fit. Um, I think that what's going to be interesting is how much the type of player changes with Bangio's DC. Because whether with Brian Flores or Josh Boyer's defensive coordinator, they were always looking for the same style of player. The same sort of Patriot style of player um, that always came about. And now the style drastically changes with yes. Bangio. Yes. Now, and so you've got to reteach your scouts reteach your your pro scouts and your college scouts of what you're seeking. And the same token, you got to evaluate who on your roster can fill that. Is Jerome Baker a Vic Bangio linebacker? Is Shan Tindell a Vic Bangio linebacker? Um, as you look into your own free agents, is Landon Roberts a Vic Bangio linebacker? But these are internal questions they've got to answer first. And then from that, they can decide, okay, who else or how many else because we're all looking at one linebacker. It may end up being two or three they have to bring in to, to fill the roles they need to fill in this defense. And so you've got a lot of big splash linebackers. The problem with that position is it's historically been a spot that Chris Greer has not spent on. Chris Greer has not spent on linebackers. He's not spent on running backs. Yeah, Those that, are two but, positions well, that I hear every I, year. I, I think the running back will stay the same. But what he also does right. is – he appeases his coaches. So, you know what's going to happen. Right. He's, he's right. going to exactly. need a certain linebacker exactly. to run his defense. Exactly. And the thing about it is you, you paid Vic Bangio $4.5 million plus a year. Like, I don't know if the number's been out, but it's, it's more than $4.5 million. Tell you guys that. He's getting head coach money. And so if Vic Bangio says jump, you're jumping. If Vic Bangio says, I want that guy, you're getting that guy. Well, you, so you, you basically, dude, you basically hired a head coach of the defense. So, you know, exactly. you, that's exactly. the, the idea is yeah. that now you don't have to worry about the defense because, bro, it's in the hands of a, of one of the best in the business. So, you're, you know, it's a comfort zone, should be at least. Exactly. You, you listen to it right, the head coach of the defense. That's exactly the term that I expect Mike McDaniel to say whenever he starts to talk about Big Fangio. Um, and, and that's the reality. And so because of that, Whatever Vic says is goes. And so, like, I don't know Vic. Like, I'm just going to be transparent. Like, I, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I don't know Vic super well. And so I'm still learning what Vic wants and what Vic likes. And so I can pick up free agents and say, hey, this guy may play a Vic style or this guy played for Vic back in the day. But the reality is Vic is going to pull on tape. And if Vic says he wants you as middle linebacker, 
oh, then you're going to be the middle linebacker of the Dolphins. I don't think that's what he's going to think. But if he says that, then that's the way it's going to go. And so the reality is he's going to have a huge say here. I do think that linebacker will be a priority. But that being said, I think I've told you guys before that the defense for Vic Bangio starts with their defensive front, with their defense tackle position particularly, and then it goes back to their safety position. And so although I do think like linebacker will be upgraded, I wouldn't be surprised if those two positions I mentioned, defensive line or safety, end up being bigger free agency splashes. And so I want to bring up the name Jordan Poyer because it's a name the Dolphins fans have heard because he's talked on his own podcast about it. And I do think, and I told you this a few weeks ago, and you were like, whoa, what about Brandon Jones? But I do think the Dolphins are going to be in the mix to sign a veteran safety um, this offseason, a guy who can play uh, their two-deep zone style of defense that Big Bangio loves to play outside of Javon Holland. It may be Poyer, it may be somebody cheaper. But I do think whether in free agency or the draft, they're going to add somebody who can play and potentially start those 2D safety routes and let Brandon Jones be that third safety maybe in the box that handle that role. And so who fills that role um, is going to be a key element of that. Who replaces Brandon uh, uh, Byron Jones is going to be another element there. And then the question um, that a lot of people aren't talking about is, are they is, is Vic Bangio comfortable with what he has in the defensive line? That is currently a spot that Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer, um, Raekwon Davis and in the inside, and then Maywa Agba. Um, you're probably looking at a combination of Jalen Phillips and and um, and uh, Bradley Chubb on the edge. Is he with that group, or does he feel like he needs to add another person to that room? And I suspect he wants to add at least one more notable player to that room. All right. So before I let you go, you got to pick a linebacker. You can't. No fence straddling. I think they are going to go after a linebacker. Which one of those guys would you sign? Um, if I if salary cap was the issue, Trayvon Evans um, is a great player, and I would love to, to have him. I would want a guy that could grow with this defense. Like Bobby Wagner has been an elite player for a long time, but I'd wonder about two teams giving up on him after a year, essentially, and wondering if he's more of a year-to-year player. Well, the, it, but here's my here bit. here's my counter to that. You got to pay Wilkins. You got to pay Sealer. And you want to pay Jordan Poyer, too. So you're also going to pay Tremaine Edmonds? You, you got to. It's a you, lot of money. You, that's what, you're you're going to have to, you're gonna have to that's cut. That's why I prefaced my conversation with if salary cap wasn't an issue. Well, well, that, right? well no, but, but we have to live in reality. And so that's why I would go with a Bobby Wagner. If you want to go Poyer, then you can't go Edmonds. You have to correct, go Wagner correct. because it's, a, cho- one, it's a one or two year you deal. You have to choose one. Right. You would have to choose one between Poirier and Edmonds, and then you would have to go cheaper with the other one. But the problem is, I don't know if Wagner's going to be super cheap. You know, well, he'll, he'll, he'll be cheaper than Edmonds because you don't have to give him a four-year contract or a five-year so, deal so, that you lock him into three. You're really only signing him for one or two years. That's what it is. So he would be cheaper in the guarantees. You'd be able to give yes. him a one or two-year deal. And, and lower but number overall. Lower number I overall. I don't know. I, I think Wagner's still going to want a double, double digit million a year number, even if it's on a one or two year deal. He You're still go. paying him $10, $12, 12000000 million a year on that deal. It may just be a one year deal or a two year deal, but I think you're still paying him double digit million, which is why I said that's tough 
to do unless you're ready to win a championship now. Yeah, and by the way, I can guarantee you, Chris Greer's specialty is the two-year deal. So it'll be a two-year right. deal. <laughs> he, he doesn't sign people to one. He likes that second year to kind of play with it a little bit, cap-wise and all that stuff. I've noticed that, that uh, they love to do the two-year deal. All right, what do you got going on this week for the NFL Network at, uh, at the Combine? Well, I am riding to my Indy Hotel right now. I will be on NFL Network uh, for sure tomorrow and probably throughout the week uh, talking a lot of combine talks, you know. I'm going to have – I actually have a dinner plan and some meetings planned tonight to get some information. Um, I will – Mike McDaniel talks tomorrow at 3 o'clock. I'm sure I'll talk to the Dolphins either before or after on NFL Network there. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk a bunch of the happenings. Like, this event is promoted as a draft event, but to me the bigger element that comes out of this is free agency and trades. Because right now, teams are getting their contracts formulated. Who can they afford? What are the price ranges that go about? These are the conversations that happens now. And so I meet with a lot of agents, a lot of coaches, a lot of scouts around this time and try to give you guys and give myself insight that I don't know about what's going to happen this free agency period. And so this is a big learning period for me. And uh, hopefully I can return and bring some insights to you guys about what I've what I know about the NFL, what I know about the Dolphins. All right, we look forward to it. Follow him on Twitter at Cameron Wolf and catch his work there at the NFL Network. Cam, as always, appreciate you. I'll see you in a couple days there in Indy, my friend. For sure, man. Looking forward to it. You got it. There you go. Cameron Wolf, baby, coming through that the Wolf Pack has been unleashed. This has been the KSDT CPA Pro Football Report with NFL insider Cameron Wolf. KSDT is recognized by Forbes as one of the top tax accounting firms for 2022. KSDT CPA is a full-service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit them at KSDTCPA.com or call 305-670-3370. All right, all right. There he is, the man, the myth, the legend. That is Sean Williams. What's Sean, up, Big O? How you doing, baby? You doing good? Oh yeah, man. I'm doing good. How are you doing? You got you got bro, you got a full beard now. I know it's growing. It's getting gray though, the kids, you know. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> I know, brother. I know, I know. My when I grow the beard, there's a lot of gray. So far, I've been lucky, bro. I haven't had, you know, for 56. You got to figure I'm 56 now. Okay, so you would figure I would have a lot more grays at 56. So I, I've been really fortunate to keep that at bay. But when I grow the, you know, the goatee and the beard, forget about it, dude. The grays yeah. come out. The age shows. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I got them. I mean, the grays are there, so I'll, I'll be much worse than you at 56 for sure. Oh, Probably man. Paul, too. <laughs> uh, Sean Williams, of course, the owner of Essential Moving Experts and obviously proud sponsor of our Omar Kelly segment every week here on the program. Stationed in Daytona, that's where the headquarters are at, of course. You can uh, reach out to them anywhere in the United States. They take care of you. Uh, but he's also a huge Dolphins fan. So, Sean, I wanted to have a little fun like I did with Cam. So, Tremaine Edmonds is out there. Bobby Wagner's out there. Levante David's out there. David Long Jr.'s out there. Jermaine Pratt from the Bengals. Some pretty good linebackers. This is actually a really good year to find a veteran middle linebacker for this team. So, if Sean Williams was in charge, where, where, where would Sean go with that free agent selection? 
I, I heard a little bit of the end of what you and Cam were talking about. I like his points. If you go with safety, if you go high end safety like a Poyer, you can't go with an Edmonds. But if I was going to pick one without any information about who else we get in free agency, I would go with Edmonds for the same reason. He's going to be a more long-term piece. And a middle linebacker for a long period of time has been something we've missed. We might have had one or two here and there. But when have we had one from multiple years since? Zach. Before I was probably born. <laughs> yeah, no, it's Zach, bro. It's Zach yeah. was the last guy. I mean, you know, Carlos Dansby was pretty decent. He couldn't cover, but he did all the other things pretty good. But we we haven't had a a linebacker that can go sideline to sideline and, and run a team since Zach, bro. Yeah. My pick would be Edmonds, but if you look at Fangio, if his priority is D, D, uh, tackle and safety and you're going to go big on one of those – then you go get a Bobby Wagner for, like you said, a two-year deal, you know, making not a big cap hit the second year. If it works out, you extend them. If it doesn't, then you can, you know, upgrade from there. But um, I like Edmonds. And, you know, it's always nice to steal anybody from in the division too. Yeah. No, that, that's – that's ob see, the thing is I don't think they'll have the money for both those guys because they have to re-sign Sealer and Wilkins. Right. Those right. guys have to be re-signed. That, that, right. that is a must to bring those guys. See, and here's where I disagree a little bit with Cam. I think they're strong at defensive tackle, actually. Me too. Me you too. know what I mean? And I'm hoping that um, – because I've been a little disappointed with Raekwon. I'm hoping that Fangio can get more out of Raekwon – than any of the other guys have so far. But I love their defensive tackle spot. And at safety, I, I still would like to see Brandon Jones in that role to see if he can help him out. But they don't have linebackers, bro. They don't have yeah. a thumper in the middle. They, they really need a captain of that defense. To me, that is one of the most important needs that this team has this year. Yeah, I, I agree. I think deep tackle starters, they're as good as – it's probably one of our best position groups. Maybe yeah, some depth we need. Uh, safety, I think, like, if you look at what do we need to get to the next level, what is the defense missing? It's linebacker. If you look specifically on what he's going to want, that's different. But if, if it's me, my only big free agent splash is, is a middle linebacker. Everything else is going to be middle players, some depth players. The one big splash I'm going to do is linebacker because I feel like that's the only thing, even, like, o-line tight end like we need those we need corner but they didn't hurt us last year they didn't kill us last year we have we need a little depth we might need a couple more mid-tier players but the only thing we're really really missing is a three down linebacker i mean you can do it with e-rob for you know two downs and you can sprinkle a little bit of baker and you know riley in there but a three down linebacker is the one big hole I think we're missing. And, you know, I, I go with with an Emmons because it's gonna he's gonna grow with the team in the future. I mean, yeah, we're in win now, but we still have young developing players. Tyree signed a big contract, Armstead signed a big contract. You know, we have a four or five year, maybe not cap window because we're gonna have to sign Tua, but we have a four or five year window where the players who are good and core players will be here. Yeah, no, and, and and actually the the only blessing out of the stuff that went on with Tua is that he can't get a new contract right now. He can't ask for one. They're not going to give him one. So you either pick up the fifth-year option or let him play it out and then tag him after that. But either way, you have bought yourself 
a couple of extra years before you have to pay. And maybe even a third year because yeah. you can buy yourself the fourth and fifth year. And then the sixth year, which is his first year of his deal, you don't pay him the 40, 50 million. You pay him like 10 or 15, you lower the number and then backload, you know, the rest of that money into the final years of the contract. And yeah, you'll raise those numbers, but it'll buy you that extra year where you can add those pieces around them and try to win that title if you can. You know what I'm saying? So that's like the only bright spot out of this whole thing, you know, that you've bought yourself another year with Tua. How, how are you feeling about Tua? What do you think they need? What, 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 where do you look at how Tua needs to kind of take care of himself, in other words? I think his team and his trainers just need, just need to have a conversation with him and say, hey, we, we love, you know, this attitude of sometimes I need to put my head down and run through people, but don't. Throw the ball away. <laughs> don't. Don't take away your it factor. Don't, you know, stop being you. Buy a little time, make a little spin move. That's fine. But when the play is dead, the play is dead. You know, Josh Allen's a big boy, but even he gets himself in trouble trying to do too much. Oh, that's not, not, that's not going to end well, dude. That's yeah, not going to end well. He continues. Well for him. Yeah. He's a big guy. So it's definitely not going to end well for you when you have a lot of injuries and you're smaller. So I think, I think he's aware that he's done all he needed to do to prove he's an upper echelon quarterback, an elite quarterback. I think he's got everything with the system now. I think this offseason, you work on sliding, you work on throwing the ball all the way, you work on, um, you know, that type of stuff. With I like the judo thing. I like, you know, maybe he'll do a little jujitsu or something. That stuff could help, you know, learn how to fall. Yes, it can help. I, I'm a purple belt in jujitsu. You know, I did some karate growing up and stuff. So it definitely can teach you how to properly fall, how to, you know, move your body, put your arms down the right way. Um, it's, hel it's helped me a couple times over my lifetime that I've fallen and I know how to roll because I took judo. And, and so this, it, it's, always, it's something that gets stuck in your mind. Once you've done it for a while, once you do judo or something martial arts like that for a couple of years, it'll stick in your mind, those kind of things. And it's actually saved my ass from getting hurt, being able to know how to, okay, when I'm falling and, and I learn how to roll and break the fall. Which is and something I, I, I play hockey and I'm, I'm a smaller guy. So when I take big hits, guys are like, sometimes come over, like, I'm not going to be able to get up and I'll get right up. And a lot of it is just knowing how to take the hit, how to take the fall, you know, um, how to absorb that the right way. You know, some people learn it and some people don't. I think, I think he'll be fine. He, he didn't have injuries this year. Concussions are freak things. Right. right. I don't think it's going to be, you know, I don't think, I think this year kind of proved that. But like you said, maybe it all happened for a reason. Maybe the concussions happen in order to buy us a little more time and actually save us from giving them the big extension this year and extend our window a little bit, you know, unintentionally, maybe it will all work out for the best, actually. Where were you? Because I, I got a buddy of mine that's like, oh, you know, he's kind of sour about all of this and and and, and, and and sour about two and all this. And for me, I'm, I'm, I'm actually super psyched about the season because I look at it more as, this wasn't a bad team. This wasn't that they were choking. This wasn't that they had terrible coaching. This wasn't that they were, you know, poorly mismanaged so badly that this is why, you know, like other Dolphin seasons have ended 
No, man, for me, it was all about bad luck, dude. Every yep. bad break in the book from getting Teddy Bridgewater thrown out in, in, that, in that Jets game when he didn't have to get thrown out to all of the freak injuries that happened, not just with Tua, but with a bunch of other players, even the Byron Jones shit to start off yep. the season. Like, holy crap, right. the guy was supposed to be ready at the beginning of the year. He had his surgery and everything and doesn't, you know, everything and anything that could have gone wrong, to me, that's what I blame this season on. More on bad luck than anything else. If the Dolphins get the good breaks this season, I think we'll see a much different Dolphin team. So for me, I'm not letting these people cloud my shit, you know, all offseason. I'm super jacked about the draft, free agency, the offseason, you know, Zach getting into the Hall of Fame, all of that stuff. I, I think if you're a Dolphins fan, you got a lot to look forward to. That's the way I look at it. I don't know. I don't know about you. Yeah. I think that uh, last year, with a with a healthy team, we're a one two win playoff get team easily. Me too. You look at the things that held us back: crazy freak injuries. Not one of our backup quarterbacks that came in got to finish the game. <laughs> you know, you look at the O line injuries. Oxen Jackson's out the whole season. Not that we know what he is going to be or if he's going to be anything. Lee Mikeberg and then Armstead missed how many games. Uh, and then you look at McDaniel's first year of coaching, the things he struggled with, you know, the clock management, some of the play calling and stuff Fixable. like that. He's very, very self-aware, I feel like. He's going to take a hard look at all that, and he's going to fix it. That's my belief. I think he's I agree. He's humble enough. He's smart enough. He's going to really evaluate that, work on that. He's better at that next year. We stay healthy. Tua does what he did the year before. You add the pieces that we need to add. I mean – there's no reason – I remember in the, the joint practices against the Eagles, reading the beat writers' reports from the Eagles saying, holy crap, this is the only time I've ever felt like the Eagles got whooped in a joint practice by the Dolphins. Yeah, Eagles I was there. I saw it. The, the Dolphins were the better team for those yep. couple days. They were the better team at, at that moment. Without Byron Jones, you know, without uh, – with, and that's with our team healthy. So you go and you get a healthy team. And you get Mike McDaniel to, you know, learn from his few mistakes that he made. You got Vic Fangio running the defense now. There's no reason that, you know, um, you know, to say you're going to go your first run at it to the Super Bowl is hard. But there's no reason that you're not, a, you know, a contender and you're in, the, you know, the top five of the AFC. I'm with you. By the way, if you guys need to move from city to city, county to county, state to state, across the state, 305-602-8369. Their home base is in Daytona, but they're not just a Florida company. They work all throughout the country. Sean, tell them a little bit about Essential Moving Experts, my man. Yeah, we got a lot of pre-summer deals going on right now. Um, May, June, July gets crazy. It gets, you know, all through summer. Everybody, kids are out of school, everything. If you book in advance, uh, you can save, you know, almost 40% on what you, it would cost you to move. So you can still move May, June, July when it's busy. But if you book now when it's the slower season, before the busier season, you're going to save a ton of money. We service local. Um, we're doing, we just did one in, in Miami um, today. So we do Miami, you know, Daytona, all Florida, and then we do um, state to state. So we'll do interstate, anything from California to Florida and everything in between. Whatever you need, give us a call. But, uh, you know, you get a free estimate over the phone. So uh, no commitments needed. You can at least call and see if, you know, um, 
what we offer is what you're looking for. You said May, June, July is the peak season for moving. And I, I never knew that, but I'm trying to put one and one together. Let me take a terrible guess. They always say that June weddings are the most popular month. Is it that there are newlyweds moving into new places? Is that like the, the force in May, June, and July that you were talking about? No. What, well, statistically, in my experience over the years, it really has a lot to do with the summer. And okay. people, kids are out of school, so right. it's easier, more convenient to move them. Right. Also, you get a lot of people getting new jobs in the summer, okay. so they're moving for work. The military tends to do a lot of their moves. We have a lot of contracts with military companies. They tend to do a lot of theirs in the summer. I don't know if that's, you know, the specifics on that. Okay. Um, but I think it's most of that stuff. You do get a lot of people, um, a lot of college kids who are, you know, out of school for the summer and maybe they're moving home, you know, for the off season or whatever. So I think it's a combination of those things. Um, the newlywed thing, you know, we have had quite a, quite a few of those, um, over the last two years, which we didn't get a lot of in recent past. So maybe that is becoming more of a thing, but I think it's more of the kids, you know, the summer, you know, you're like, Oh, it's summertime. I want to go, you know, I want to be in Florida right now when it's, when it's warm in the summer. Um, you know, so you get a lot of that. Um, but yeah, it's some, uh, May, probably May to, you know, October, all of that is, it gets crazy. It, it's busy. It's expensive, but, um, you book in advance, you can save yourself a whole lot of money. Well, besides calling Essential Moving Experts and my man Sean Williams at 305-602-8369, that's the top tip that you need for moving. Give, give me, a, a, give me a, a tip that most people wouldn't even realize maybe when they're moving. It's their first time. They've never done it. What's one of the tips that you would tell them, do this to make your life a little easier when you're moving outside of calling essential moving experts, of course. Well, first thing I would say is start planning well in advance. Don't think you're going to plan a month in advance. Even if you don't know when the house is closing, you're not sure of the drop where you're moving to yet. You haven't, you know, you haven't got out of your lease yet. Just start the process. Most, you know, we're very, very flexible with you. So starting in advance is number one. Number two, I would say is getting a very specific list of what you're moving. I can't tell you how many times people think they know what they're moving and then they forget the stuff in the attic. They forgot the stuff in the basement. They realize that, Oh, you know what? I don't want this China cabinet anymore. Oh, you know what? I'm going to buy new couches and bring those, get an idea of what it is you're actually going to be moving. Um, the more specific you can be on what you're moving, the easier your life is going to be. Um, and then I always tell people, so how many, how many times have people forgotten how many things are going to move and they needed a bigger truck? Oh, it, it happens like 70% of the time. <laughs> but <laughs> we specialize in inventory. Um, we actually created our own CRM software to do inventory. So it gives us specific dimensions of items. And we actually have a quality assurance person whose specific job is they're paid to pull out the inventory from you and, and remind you of things you forgot about. And, and suggest things and, and help you kind of consolidate your inventory and get a specific thing. But moving is stressful, um, but our job is to make moving easy for you. you know? And by the way, one of the things you do, uh, we mention it all the time at Essential Moving Experts, if you know, you're moving from one town to another or state to state or whatever, and maybe something isn't ready just yet, you will actually store things for people up to 30 days, I believe, correct? Yeah, 30 days for free. Any additional month after that, we, we can work it out with you. Sometimes 
Uh, in summer, we do, do offer 60 depending on the circumstances, so we can go pretty well. But like you said, it's one of the perks of, you know, if you don't know where you're going yet or, you know, the house that you're building a house and it hasn't closed or, you know, you can't get into your new lease, we can offer storage for you, store it for you in a climate control storage unit, um, you know, even give you access to it if you're nearby and need to get something. Um, so that's super helpful. Um, and the cost, I mean, if you can imagine how much storage costs to yeah. save a whole month of storage. Um, we also do auto transport as well. So if you have a car you're shipping along as, you know, as well, or if you didn't even know that's a thing, yes, we can transport your vehicle for you. Um, so you can just take a flight and you don't have to drive, you know, however far it is. Uh, lots of different options for you. Packing services. We can offer you packing supplies at a discounted rate instead of going to, you know, Home Depot and paying top dollar. We have um, we have it all. So whatever it is you need, we can get it done. Um, just start your preparation in advance. And even like a small local move. You know, if you're just moving down the street a few blocks, um, one of your listeners, he, he just moved from Miami to, I think, Davie. Not very far. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'd be surprised how much goes into just a short move like that. You know, so. For sure. He, yeah. he booked, you know, um, a few months ago, and we, we knocked it out today, and uh, it went really well. All right, there you go. And you can call at wherever you're at in the United States, man, Essential Moving Experts. Reach out to our guy, Sean, 305-602-8369. Proud supporter of our platform for a long time now. We really appreciate it. Go to the website so you can find out more at EssentialMovingExperts.com. Sean, as always, my brother, appreciate you, my man. Have a uh, rocking week, and uh, we'll be at uh, the Combine this week here. We'll be uh, heading off tomorrow. I look forward to hearing your reports about that. And if the Dolphins go to the Super Bowl this year, free moves for a year for everybody. There you go. (laughs) There you go. All right, let's do it. We're going to go to Super Bowl this year, bro. I'm ready. It's in Vegas. That's my spot. I know it's your spot. We're going we're gonna to hang out. I got a Super Bowl fund in my savings account just for that. So There you go. Sean is ready already. He's ready to hit the buffets. So we're, we're locked and loaded. Sean, much love, my brother. Appreciate you immensely. I'll, I'll see you later, Big O. Appreciate it. You got it. it. Thank you, sir. There you go. Sean Williams, EssentialMovingExperts.com, 305-602-8369. They're in Daytona. But they handle the entire country. You saw it right there. We had one of our listeners here in South Florida. We had another listener that was in New York moving. And another one, I think he told me, that was Washington, I believe. Yes, it was Washington. They were moving. So he's covered it all over the place. So if you need a, a uh, moving company, please use the company that supports us. And he's a fellow Dolphin fan, too, on top of all of that. Sean Williams, Essential Moving experts.com uh what else do we have by the way uh, uh, a fresh concert has been announced folks are you ready are you sitting down right now for those of you that may not know what is going down but uh wu-tang clan and nas are coming to town yes the new york state of mind tour is coming friday september 22nd at 8 p.m. at the Hard Rock Live. That's going to be a lot of fun to see Nas. That is good. The Hard Rock Live is not playing games, dude. They are, wow. They are rocking. Uh, anybody live in Memphis, Tennessee? I was just uh, sent the Beale Street Music Festival. The Lumineers, Greta Van Fleet, Robert Plant, and Allison Krauss. 
Earth, Wind, and Fire, The Roots, love The Roots, 311, Gorilla, uh, Gary Clark Jr., he's amazing, Ziggy Marley, The Struts, Live, Hailstorm, Young the Giant, Government Mule, Andy Grammer, if you like that, uh, Living Color, wow, nice, Toadies, the Barkays. Let's see what else. Uh, let me see Los Lobos. Yeah, a lot of acts here. That's a lot. See, I'm looking at the small print, all the way in the bottom. Let's see if there's any that I un that I recognize. But there you go. That's a, that's a damn good music festival, dude. Wow. Wow. That is a really good one right there. I didn't see. I've never I've never even heard of that one, but obviously I don't live there. But great stuff, man. Wow. All right, let's see what else do we have going on in the world of Oh, by the way, we do have uh, some other music news. Oh, congratulations to the city of Frankfurt in Germany. And why do I say that? This is amazing. Frankfurt, Germany. Okay, follow me on this. So Roger Waters is a singer for Pink Floyd. And uh, he's a guy that I've banned. I've never gone to see him ever again because he is a well-known anti-Semite. So for the first time, a city has told him, no, we don't want to host your concert. Frankfurt, Germany. So it shows you how far we've come from the ugliness of Germany to where Germany is at now, obviously. And, you know, they're helping out uh, Ukraine and everything. And they just sent some tanks, obviously, like we did. And, um, and so a, a German city was the first one to tell that stinking anti-Semite, screw you. And congratulations to Frankfurt, Germany. Okay? Because we didn't do that here when he came. I, I remember, well... It wasn't the last time he was here. It was a, a couple times ago. He, I, I, they gave me tickets to go to see Roger Waters, and I gave them away. I was like, I, I didn't tell the person that gave me the tickets, I'm not going to go see this stinking anti-Semite. Uh, but I wasn't going to go see that stinking anti-Semite. And so I gave it to somebody else, and they went, whatever. I didn't care. I have no, I, I mean, I've seen Floyd in the past, uh, you know, the band. And now that they're broken up, I would only go see David Gilmore playing the music of Pink Floyd. I would never, ever go support that guy after obviously finding out what kind of an individual he is, which most of us did not know, obviously, until he started to kind of show his true colors here in his older age. But, uh, yeah, uh, nice to see. You know, listen, there's freedom of speech, but you're not free to just spew hate. You know what I mean? Because that doesn't make us any better as a society. You know, it only, it, only in, it, only, it only inflames more of the hatred is what it does. Uh, today in music history, by the way, 
U2 was named in 2009 the biggest act in music in, U- in the U.S. The Irish band made $109 million that year from touring, record sales, and royalties. In 71 on this date, just five months after her death, Janis Joplin began a nine-week run on the top of the charts with her album Pearl. Boy, somebody dies in their music or artist stuff, or it just flies, right? In 2010, fallout boy uh, bassist Pete Wentz was appointed a spokesperson for UNICEF to raise awareness about the importance of providing clean drinking water for children around the world. And in 1980, on this date, the 22nd Annual Grammy Awards, the Eagles took home the Grammy for the best rock vocal performance for a duo or group with Heartache Tonight. But the big winners that night were the Doobie Brothers, who won Song of the Year and Record of the Year for What a Fool Believes. That is what happened today in music history. There you go. Uh, What else do we have here? Uh, Let's see. Any questions? Big O, I did eight years in the Marines. Arthritic knees, bad ankles and a back. Knew it was dangerous and would do it all over again, even though I didn't pocket $70 million in my career earnings like Byron Jones. I know. It's just funny to... Uh, and, and, and God bless you, bro, and thank you for, for providing what you have provided us, freedom. And we appreciate that immensely. Uh, that goes to everybody that has served. And we thank you because our way of life is because of you. And we appreciate that immensely. Uh, I just find it hilarious that you know byron wants to tell us now about the dangers of playing football i i just find that hilarious like we didn't know like oh my god he's telling us something we didn't know uh let's see what else do we have here can the Finns sign cam wolf if he's available in free agency i think cameron wolf is available in free agency I think so. Jake Paul also fought a former slam dunk champion, LOL. Did he really? Was he? Tom, Tommy Fury was a slam dunk champion? Or did he? Oh, no. Oh, the, 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 the little guy from New York. The point guard. That's right. He did win. That's right. He knocked his ass out. <laughs> what was his name? I remember that guy. He had a big mouth. Um, but he was entertaining. He was entertaining. Uh, damn it. What, what's that little guy's name? Fearless dude. I'll tell you that. Oh, God, I'm brain farting. I know I'll remember his name. That, you know, if I'm driving home or something, and then in the next few minutes, I'll, Richardson? Am I, am I? Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson. There you go. Karen came in with it also now. Yeah, Nate Robinson. I remember him. That's funny. All right, folks, it is time to wrap it up here on the show. We thank Michelle Kaufman. We thank Andy Behrens, Ira Winderman, and Sean Williams from Essential Moving Experts. We thank all of you for tuning in, as always. Thank you for keeping it locked here. Please visit our sponsors. Please subscribe. Hit the like button. Very important that you hit the like button before you go. Uh, Help us. That uh, gets the algorithm going and more people get to see the show. 
So let's go. Help us get to 20,000 subscribers. Appreciate all of you out there. We'll see you tomorrow morning. We're back to a normal time tomorrow at 10 a.m. And then Thursday, it'll be a 10 a.m. show. It will not be an afternoon show, okay? Because we're in Indianapolis because we got our afternoon show done here on Monday. And we thank, of course, the Brunetti family, John Brunetti Jr. Thank you, sir, as always, for being a great sponsor of our program. Frank Fiore. Uh, Steve Calibro is always amazing support by them. Uh, we can't thank enough the people here at Hialeah Park for making our lives a lot easier. Uh, we will see you tomorrow morning, same time, same place, same bat channel. Have a great one.